How long do we have to do this for? Well, we need to build up a very strong connection. <laughs> Are you itching to move? No, I'm not. Okay. Actually, at all. I'm thinking of a number. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Nine. No. Five. No, you have to think. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. It's two, darling. Two. It's two. Like us, a pair. Two little ducks in a pond. Well, that's what you were Googling. <laughs> no, I was going to do another whole bit, but then we, we shirked it out. What were you Googling? Um, were you Googling the literal beginning? <laughs> if summer doesn't sing in you, then nothing sings so, in you. Summer does, it's, it's lower. Summer doesn't sing in you. Then nothing Isn't this does. <laughs> no, it's not anti-Semitic. It's fun. It's not anti-Semitic. It's fun. What, what a what cigar do you have? What, what, what cigarette? It's just a little cigarette. He does. You know what he really does well? The pop. Sometimes he does a really good. It does. I love a pop. Um, <clears throat> what do I love in films, Rain? Um, the gays. <laughs> I do, um, yes. A musical um, yeah. interlude. Bradley Cooper sweating within an inch of his life. Yes, I did enjoy that in Marriage in uh, A Star is Born, which could have been called A Marriage Story, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do I like? Go on, you tell me. I love Carrie Mulligan. This is true. I love Carrie Mulligan. Um, I mean, I, I I love the works and music of... Promising a woman. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, no, she was great. Is it controversial to say that she was better as Pamela than she was in the Hall of Frozen Young Woman? I don't actually believe that, but because <laughs> I'd forgotten that it was the same person, to be honest. Yeah, like not like I knew it was her, but she's just she's a chameleon. She's and a chameleon. Have you been working on your Felicia? Because Felicia's harder. Give me, give me to the end. <laughs> the, the, uh, darling, 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 please, yeah, please, yeah. please, please. No, no, you're going to sit down. This is what adults do. They say, I have a type. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's very, it's wonderful. Um, I can't believe you're throwing in anti-Semitism within 30 seconds. Hey. I mean, who, who better authorities to talk about it? <laughs> I'll tell you this story because it's it's quite funny. Um, um, <laughs> we did a uh, project, uh, it, our independent research project, and somebody did Neil Simon, and they did a whole section about um, Neil Simon's uh, Judaism, and because the play was about um, 
a Jewish family and and uh, Jewish beliefs around divorce and adultery and that sort of thing. Very, very good play with a wonderful play, Broadway Bound. And the man whose project it was um, isn't Jewish and none of us were Jewish. And so the tutor made them say some sort of statement. And so halfway, and this was in COVID, so halfway through, he just incredibly awkwardly went, I, nor any of my cast, are Jewish. <laughs> and um, so... Uh, when this got like the wrong kind of disclaimer is yeah it's like don't worry don't worry guys <laughs> <laughs> and, and so when maestro came out and the immediate controversy began uh good friend ava robinson who was in that class messaged <laughs> literally saying in block capitals i nor any of my cast are jewish um oh, i'm gonna allow you to, we can do we can do one minute we can do one minute on it I have three points to make. I, get, it, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I just, but it, it's just, we can, it can't be ignored. It was a huge thing about the film. Yeah. About this, this prosthetic well, I, nose. I sent you an article, didn't I? Mm. Um, and you were like, just wait until it comes out, and then we can make an informed decision. Uh, to be honest, I, I had, when those pictures came out, my first reaction, again, I'm not Jewish or whatever, but. My first reaction was, wow, that is the best makeup work I've ever seen in my entire life. I think Old Lenny is truly, truly astounding makeup work. And then, you know, and then it became a big, lots of Jewish actors and Jewish people came out and said it was, quote unquote, Jew face. Now, the term Jew face, the last time I heard that, I want to bring this up because the last time I heard that phrase, Jew face, was in relation to Sarah Silverman who was uh, commenting negatively about Catherine Hahn being uh, up for a Joan Rivers biopic. Now, that to me at the time read as Sarah Silverman was annoyed that she wasn't cast because she does an SNL Joan Rivers sketch. I mean, there's a lot more things in it. But then yeah. but then she's suddenly fine with Maestro. Um, so I... I, I, I... It, it is a tricky one, and like... I think in general, it probably would have been better had they found somebody Jewish for the role. Like put a pin in that. This there this was being made and pitched and written up against a movie, I believe it was called The American, which was a Jake Gyllenhaal, Leonard Bernstein by a big Jake Gyllenhaal of Jewish descent. Oh, yes. And, uh, yes. and by that. by all means, it was supposed to be a more traditional biopic. Mm -hmm. And I believe Kari Fukunaga was attached. Kari Fukunaga, an excellent director who... <clears throat> I can't remember. We're, we're doing this on a time restraint. Bad, some, some sort of bad thing, but I can't remember what. <laughs> we live in a wonderful world. Uh, <laughs> either way, Kari Fukunaga doesn't work anymore. Um, he did make the best Bond film, though. No Time to Die is great. Um, and Jane Eyre loved his Jane Eyre. Anyway, this isn't the Kerry Fukunaga pod. <laughs> um, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just go straight out. This is a far. Oh, we can't say about a film that we would have never seen. But is Jake Gyllenhaal better in this role? I don't think he would have been. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Bradley Cooper is incredible, and he does such a wonderful job, and it feels. Um, it, like the 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 work of the actor feels tasteful, and I was watching it not. Yeah, he's not going around doing some sort of Shylock impression. Yeah. 
So no, I think ideally it would have been better to have a Jewish person in the role, but I think in terms of if we if we strip it back and just think in terms of like it's a biopic people it, it's not unheard of to have prosthetics and to alter somebody's facial makeup if they're playing a real person. I think I'm... because it kind of like crossed over into stereotype and people started to feel like well this is the thing isn't it i don't want i'm not the person to make this argument but is it more offensive and stereotypical to say to talk i'm trying to phrase this is it is it is it more offensive and more stereotypical to say oh he's done a big nose he can't do that like as if a big nose is the only thing that can be said about being jewish i don't know i think well, they um Gianmarco Sarezi, who's like a um, Jewish Italian stand up, he made a lot of comments on it and mostly about the film, like good thing the film's not in three D. But like he was saying like oh, Come Leonard on Bernstein, oh, yeah. Leonard Bernstein he didn't think that his nose is actually that big in real life. So like I, it felt like excess. Well, right, and, this is the thing. Bradley I, Cooper has said not, oh, God. I'm not even going to venture my own. Well, I have kind of ventured my own opinion, but I'm just presenting different things that I have heard from all the spheres. No, that's fine. Um, you can take that road. Um, Bradley Cooper <laughs> said that like about how the the actual prosthetic he described it as the length, like the the depth of paper, like it's incredibly thin anyway, and it's just part of the whole thing. And like even even in those quiet moments, like when he's talking to Jamie on the like in, in the middle bit with the interview when he's got that fabulous cardigan. And it's like it it just looks incredible. It looks incredible for the whole film. And I'm talking about the entire makeup. I don't and the nose is a part of that. And the fact of just adding a small appliance. And well anyway, it's a it's a... I guess like a good point to <laughs> leave this on is that, is that the Bernstein the children family, yeah were more than happy to go forward oh. with Bradley and they were happy with all you know everything that was um confirmed for the film. So, the Bernstein children have been incredibly incredibly um integral to the film's release, production and um praise. And in I the case bring me on to another oh, kind of question, but I suppose we could leave it for later. And that's the ethics of biopics. After the person you told me that this can only be an hour and 20 minutes and you want to talk <laughs> about the ethics of biopics as somebody who was at the cinema yesterday and sat through back-to-back buddy bob marley trailer where he's in his car and he turns off the radio and he goes don't worry and then he and then it's straight into him doing three minutes like i'm like oh please surely we're done with this please and then that back to back with back back to back with back to black. Back to black. And I was like, that I'm really I am genuinely worried about. Well, that's because you like Amy Winehouse. So this is the th this is the thing, isn't it? You 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 have an invested interest. Yes, in... but also like I don't know. I feel like she she was one of the few celebrities that was just kind of untouchable. Like it it was one of those things like you didn't think there was going to be something made about her because of how, like her relationship with the media was so strained and like people always say like fame like she was one of the ones that fame like really got to her yeah amy is a wonderful documentary everybody should just yeah. watch amy <laughs> it felt tacky 
to kind of exploit her story further. But then, you, I mean, you've seen that so much with, with, you know, the Whitney Houston one. And, I mean, and let's not stop flogging the Elvis horse. <laughs> At least Priscilla's different. You know, Priscilla's involved. I'm literally watching Priscilla in six hours. Um, Priscilla is involved uh, and is very happy with the film. And I think, in actuality, this is a, an, an incredible time for it to come out on the tail of Everybody Loves Elvis. Um, you know, you blood-sucking vampire. Mm. Um, here, here comes Santa Claus. Um Terrible, terrible film. Um, anyway, my well, right. Let's talk about this. I wanted we can touch on this now. It's really, 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 really annoying me. The day, <laughs> I I watched Poor Things. I'm kind of mad on Poor Things. I'm sorry. It's incredible. It's very, very good, but it's very, very long. And to be honest, I felt it. And I know that I'm the long movie guy, and I get it. But Maestro is the one, is my Oscar season sort of, it's not even a dark horse. It's like, it's my Oscar season one where I'm like, I, I don't get this. I don't, sorry, I don't get the hate. This is the one, the, I guess this is my mank this year. Is this my mank? Yeah, I think so. Because May, December is my film of the year. Love May, December. It is my favourite film of the year. Um, And I'm, that will become my licorice pizza, I guess, in that I hope it wins something. Oh, it's not going to, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Oh, anyway, that's another pod. But I just don't get the hate. I'm sorry. People saying that this is a cliche biopic. I, I in in what I way? Mean, there's only there's only so much you can like add and flower up when it comes to a biopic, but before it becomes you know glamorized and and false. I think this was a cliche biopic. We'd have ten minutes on West Side Story. We'd have ten minutes on, you know, you know. I, yeah. I do. <sighs> yeah, I didn't really get that sense. And I mean, I'm talking as somebody with a very limited exposure to Leonard Bernstein before going into this. Besides, mm. you know, West Side Story, but I knew nothing of his personal life. You didn't know about the gay stuff. No. Oh. Right. Well, actually, tell a lie. I knew from a John Mulaney routine. <laughs> Excellent John Mulaney routine. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Leonard Bernstein yeah. sometimes have sex with men. <laughs> it's great. That was the end of the conversation. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm, I went in with a very limited standpoint, and I came out feeling like I learned something. So well, I this... feel like it, it it delivered on its on its goals. I don't think it was anything groundbreaking, but I think. Mm. Yeah, it was just it was well executed, and I I thought yes, it felt it it felt long in the sense of like I'm watching someone's life, so it's always going to feel long. Yeah, but I didn't take issue with that. I I just don't I just don't get it, and I do get it because it's easy. This I'm on two. I'm, this is these are the trains that I'm always on, like sincerity train. Why are we bullying Bradley Cooper? Do you want do you want somebody, to, you know, like you can't have it both ways. You can't do the whole Marvel movies are shit, they pump them out after five months, nobody gives a shit. Movies should be real again. And then make fun of the guy who spends six years learning to conduct. And I get that that is a funny thing to say out loud. 
And John did a wonderful, John Mulaney did a great joke about it at the Governor's Awards. Nobody actually knows what accurate conducting looks like. Funny joke. I just, I do, what, why are we bullying this man? He spent six years doing it for this film. He said he learned, he spent six years. Well, there's lots of, apparently he loved conducting. And that when he was yeah. a kid, he had a fascination with conducting. He asked for a conducting baton as a kid, as a as a present, and that oh. became like one of his totems. Like he would take that to uni and everything. I mean, that's different, you know, because I feel like they they heard that in isolation. No, 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 no. He literally then said, "I spent six years learning to conduct the six minute Marla piece." But that, 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 like that's what I mean. Like it, out of the context of it's also something he really enjoys and is fascinated by. Yeah, like I think he's clearly people, fascinated I mean, by music. His yeah, two first it, films. Yeah, hearing hearing that out of context, I think people lumped it into the camp of, oh, actors doing too much in the method. Yeah, like you know your your um, Joaquin Phoenixes and your um, Jared Leto's and you know all that bullshit. I think people probably put it into that camp of like, mm. why are we doing? more than we need to it's literally a six minute scene but no mm. i think that's really that's that's really admirable like working for something and also yeah it's one of those professions that people don't really realize how much goes into it and i watched a video of of um the real leonard bernstein like coaching someone and it is like yeah. it's fascinating to watch he's talking about the down beat the rest <laughs> he's talking about the you got to do the work Go do the rest in the red tag. It's wonderful. Everybody give a round of applause for William. Um, it is fantastic. But um, this right. So when it opened, yeah, and it, the camera comes around the corner. Well, no. First off, I was worried. I was really worried for the first ten minutes. We get that opening quote, which says something to the effect of, "Um, what? What is it? Uh, Art asks questions and doesn't need to answer them or something. And the and and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Did, don't think we needed that. <laughs> and then he's talking about the ghost of Felicia, and uh, she's with me uh, at all stages, and uh, I, I'm all around. And it's very sad and very and 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 straight away i noticed the neck work of the makeup and i'm like oh wow this is the best this is really is incredible yeah, work it like an old man was yeah. like really impressive this and is that... this is the thing that like because like now in the in the midst i'm not going back to the controversy but like in a midst of that conversation if it wins best makeup People are just, it'll just be fodder. Rian, what won Best Makeup last year? And for me, is a far, far, far more egregious, disgusting and shameless movie. It started with a the. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> the Whale, a disgusting movie. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, let's that stop. Was, that was insane. Let's stop pretending That's like we was. have, <laughs> let's stop pretending like we have morals. We don't. <laughs> Please God, <laughs> and 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 they do that little montage of like makeup. It was I don't know. It was probably Donald Glover or something, and it was like makeup can change a movie. And then it cuts to like you know, boom, 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 boom. like it was like it, I think it was Black Panther 
was it Black Panther Wakanda? For yeah, same. And, and like the the makeup and everybody's doing the you know the different uh, tribal stuff, and then it cuts to blum 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 blum. Boom, 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 boom. It's just like waddling around. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is not a good movie. And I can't hear it anymore. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't. Have, the whale was not good. It's not. Anyway. And he's, and he's talking about the ghost of Felicia. And then we get this black and white. And then we go to 4-3. And then we get the curtain. And, and, he, and, we, and this is where... I thought, oh, this is going to be a tried and tested biopic because I, I'll also bring this up. You're a great person to do this with because although you know West Side Story, you don't know anything about Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. I am fully acquainted with the fact that I'm a Broadway freak. And no. Broadway, baby. <laughs> and I, I know full well that, um, what was his name? Tavla, uh, Bruno Tavla. Anyway, whatever. I know full. I know everything about the thing. I can't remember. No, but I know full well that the the Bernstein got his break. Uh, I think it was like like we seen the film five hours before us, so no rehearsal because somebody was ill, and I I know that fact. And then he's he's does the bongos on Matt Bomer's ass, and uh, and he's you know you got a boy, and he runs down to Carnegie Hall, and I was worried because we get this bizarre zoom in to the podium and zoom out and we're zooming around Carnegie Hall and I'm going, what the hell is this? This Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> and then this leads into the, the conducting and then this leads into, I'm, I'm, I'm glazing over a lot in this first time because I want to touch on this, is that there's then this scene where he's writing on the toilet and he's and then Matt Bomer says and, and Jerome Robbins walks on and before they say Jerome Robbins, again, I know I'm a Broadway freak. I know that that's Jerome Robbins because I know around that, the, the, you know, he's talking about, you know, I got the, you got to give him the music, Lenny, so I can choreograph. I'm like, oh, so he must be Jerome Robbins. And I know that you probably didn't know that. But then David, uh, Matt Bomer says this line, is this the new ballet you're riding with? And then he's like, you know, with the with the three sailors and they're going on the town. It's like, yeah, I know on the town. But I also understand, Rian, that you don't know on the town. And so. on the town. Yeah. And. So the line, you know, is this the new ballet you're writing? And then when somebody walks in, and he goes, ah, oh, you know, David, and that's Jerome Robbins. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, he says Jerry. Yeah. But I I'm think, like... <laughs> you, can you can never please everybody when it comes to, like, how on the nose to make the references and how much to kind of feed people the information. Well, I actually think you can, because after this point, all of that stops... And the rest of the film is kind of like, go at your own pace, make up your own, you know, like they don't mention the word Candide. I don't think they mention the word Candide once, but we hear Candide, we hear the music of Candide, he's rehearsing Make Your Garden Grow. And we're just like, oh, this is the new, you know, and and, and you have to sort of piece it along as you go. And, yeah. you know, people well, come in and it's out. Not, it's not really about, like his professional life and his accolades take kind of a backseat. Because yes. then it, it shows, like, you know, the private persona and the person that we didn't know, which mm. I think is is the mark of a successful um, biopic. As, you know, as much as I like to do. The ethical, it, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is where we can talk about this factor, is that I think he shot himself in the foot doing all of this talk 
and releasing the posters and talking about how this is more Felicia's film and Felicia's the lead. Mm. Because I really don't think that's true. And I do think it is, you know, it is, it is a, it's a film about their relationship. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a very strong two-hander for a lot of it mm. and kind of how they influenced each other and how they survived, you know, when they were kind of separate. I mean, mm. we spent a lot of time with her. Yes. Without him. That's what I'm saying. Without, it's, yeah. You know. But in a lot of the interviews before, he was making out as if this is more a film, more a film about her. And and, and he was, I don't know, I don't want to be cynical, but it, it, it felt like this isn't a big vanity project. This isn't, you know, this isn't Maestro, the Bradley Cooper story or the Leonard Bernstein story. Um, this is more about her. And it, it's not really, it really is um, on an even keel. It's a story about think, their relationship. There is, good, there is a good balance, but I think... I mean, the crux of him having these relationships with men, I feel that was largely explored from her perspective. Yeah. Because we don't really see the moment that it clicks with him of like, oh, this is who I am. It's more like... Well, it's before, isn't it? Because he's already with Matt Bomer. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you don't really see him being like, you know, I'm gay or I'm bisexual because I mean they wouldn't really have the vocabulary for that anyway. Well, this but is what I mean. Like she realizes that about him, and then it's like, okay, how do I reconcile this? I think Which it's I an guess, ingenious think, film in that we I think we in terms go on. Of, I was just gonna say, in terms of okay, you're making a biopic about someone who's no longer with us. I think that was probably the best way to spin it, of you know focusing on like it, it would have been cool to have his point of view and his you know discovery and whatever but i think that was the best way to to authentically portray what was going on is to have it you know be through felicia's eyes well apart from the marla scene and apart from the opening 20 minutes mm. this is a movie entirely about those quieter moments we don't get the big quote-unquote oscar this is why i don't understand people saying that this is oscar bay or this is cliche biopic and like really boring biopic because we don't get the big I'm gay and you never understood that you know we don't get the big scene and we don't get Carrie Mulligan's big monologue where she says I've chosen to let you do what you want because I love you and I I want you to she choose kind of does but it's not directly to it like they have like they're yelling in the bedroom yelling in the bedroom but that is years years after the fact yeah. we don't yeah you've got I I mean I really loved her um talking to the sister on oh yeah um, and i thought that would be an, i thought again, that would be enough and then again at the at the restaurant mm. after the daughter leaves i thought that was really effective i miss um, that child of mine yeah i think mulligan's yeah, like, excellent i really yeah, do yeah, think both people are astounding oh my God, yeah she's like beautiful but yeah I, I agree like i think there's nothing like there's not like a marriage story level blowout fight. Like well, there is. In that way. There is, but it's shot from the furthest point of the room. <laughs> it ends on a darkly comedic button of a big Snoopy balloon going by. All of the dialogue is overlapping. You can't even hear some of it. And I think I, I, re I just don't get people. I don't. I, well, anyway, I. Yes. Um. 
I want to talk about Matt Bomer. If Matt Bomer had another couple of scenes, I think he'd be up in conversations with Best Sporting Actor because mm. I think his silent acting when, by the way, he's a real clarinetist called David Oppenheim. Um, what a year. What a year. Um, but when Bradley brings, uh, when when uh, Lenny brings Felicia to see his clarinet show or whatever, and he's like, oh, darling, oh, darling, you were brilliant. And then, and the, that look on his face, that slow realisation of, oh, all right, okay, you're going to marry, all right, okay, you're going to be with a woman now. And he's he's absolutely brilliant. I, I, I Did you ever watch Boys yeah. in the Band when they did it for yeah. Netflix? It was very, very good. It's a very good play, um, uh, a very good play, and they did a Netflix uh, film of it. Um, well, I mean, they did a brilliant original 70s film, but they did one in the, uh, for Netflix with Jim Parsons? Maybe. Yeah, Jim Parsons and Andrew Reynolds and um God, who else was in it? Oh, nice. It was very, very, very good. Watch it. Um e yes. Uh so we're jumping around. We let's talk about the the meeting. So we get the beautiful strains of it's, the full film is Leonard Bernstein's music, and that's Bradley Cooper's way of saying, you know, this is how we get the career, we get the music. And we get this incredible static shot of Kerry Mulligan walking down the pavement, and it's beautiful movie star stuff. And and then and she's into the party, and she's talking, and and, and then we get uh, this is another thing where I know that I'm a Broadway weirdo. I know I knew that that was a Betty <laughs> um, Comden and Adolph Green, and and I was like, oh hello, I know these two. Yeah, yeah, they're going to sing a song, and and then Sarah's. It's, I don't think Sarah Silverman works for me in this. She's what? the only one. She's, I don't know. She's the only one who, I can't really put my finger on it. She's just the only one who felt kind of like the like they were playing dress up. I don't think the voice is entirely there. Are, I, I mean, there are a lot of actors that people always say, Timothy Chalamet is a big one, but they say he's got too much of a modern face that they struggle to to see him in like period dramas because they're like, you would just know what an iPhone is. Yeah, I've heard that. Was, I, was I don't know. He was good in Bones and all. Iconic in the now for you? Or no, not at all. I just think it feels like she's doing a put on. Um, I'm from the 40s. Look at my brother. And it, it just felt a little bit like she was doing a 40s thing. Sure. She's not I don't feel, bad. I don't feel that so yeah. Much. yeah. Um, Sarah Silverman, on the payment. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just the piano player. No. Oh, oh hello. And then yeah, I enjoy this moment where um, he's sat at the piano and he's like, what's your name? And she's like, Felicia. And and then he goes, um, what a what a curious form of words. And he starts playing the piano and then they just start singing, you've got that look. And it's and it's as if he's about to go, Felicia, or something like that. Felicia. And instead he's like, got name, Felicia. I'm in the closet and it's hard. No, no um, <laughs> um, did there? I, I, I'm saying this just as a, an open question because I know the answer. Um, did their chemistry work for you? Oh, tenfold. It's just wonderful, wasn't uh, it? Like, I, I was successfully beguiled from, from, well, I say beginning to end, from beginning to maybe. 25 minutes <laughs> <laughs> when it all kind of falls to shit 
Mm. But no, like their their first kind of electricity and like their mm. their shyness and their kind of bubbly back and forth. Um, and it, but it's not, but it's not like rehearsed back and forth. It's overlapping and it's really, really I think it's yeah, incredibly well directed. It's so real. And it's like you know, I, and I remembered all of this. It's, it's funny, isn't it? I remembered all of this. And you got, from Felicia, and from Chile, and you're from Chile. Oh, uh, let's talk about this. Um, <laughs> Felicia Montalegre's uh, mother was Chilean. Her father was American. Um, so by all definitions, she was Latina. Um, well, do you want to touch? I mean, do you want to touch on that? Or. I guess the reason less people are talking about it was because, I mean, I wouldn't have known that any, anything of that until I watched the film and they literally brought it up. Mm. Whereas Leonard Bernstein, like... Does that make it... I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not catching you out. Does that make it better or worse? Is that I real, white, is that real whitewashing? Well, it's like, I just think less people... I feel like more people would be talking about it if it was more common knowledge. Anna de Armas was being circled for the Jake Gyllenhaal film. That would have been good, see? I, I, I like that. Yeah, but did you watch Blonde? No. <laughs> no, nobody watches these movies. This, this is the thing. Everyone's always like... I'm I not watched so... Knives Out. I thought she was great in Knives Out. She was wonderful. Um, Blonde, Blonde no, by the I way, know, is not great. What you, I know what you're trying to say, like that real whitewashing because like they could have gone the whole thing if they hadn't brought it up in the film they could have gone the whole thing not knowing that this wasn't a white woman well no I actually think they bring it up in the film um, saying she's of Chilean descent and no, uh, of an, like, with an American father I think they bring that line up because they want to say out loud <laughs> leave it alone Carrie's fine well, part white yes. <laughs> So you, Carrie Mulligan, how do you feel? <laughs> you, Carrie Mulligan, a white actress. Do you know who Carrie Mulligan's famous husband is? No. Mumford. And son? <laughs> yes. What's his real name? Marcus. Wow. Yeah. They've been together. Apparently they were school friends. That's crazy. And I met him and... and uh, you know. pictures of, um, of Felicia. Oh, I thought it was Marcus Mumford and Carrie Mulligan. Um... Oh, I love Carrie Mulligan so very much. Before this, what was your favourite Carrie Mulligan thing? Oh, God. Well. You could admit that you haven't seen anything, Rian. I know this. Have you watched An Education? No. She's very good in Pride and Prejudice. Did you watch her Pride and Prejudice? No. <laughs> I don't think if I... If I... Oh, no, I did watch her Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, Have Kira I, Knightley. Yeah, yeah. I guess it didn't. It didn't stick. <laughs> she's very good in the filmed version of Skylight, David Hare's Skylight, where she's with Bill Nye. Oh, yeah. You know, it's fun. You know, <laughs> yeah, deal with this anyway. Um, yeah. what's I didn't next? end up watching. She said because I felt like it was just too, too soon. But I, I don't know if it was too soon. I think it was just too long. Oh, and. She's brilliant in Inside Lewin Davis. Um, she's wrapping up with Stephen Smith. I'm not going to quote a film you haven't seen. Um, okay, so we get their wonderful flirtation, and then the, the, they've got the ghost light flirtate, and oh, just beautiful image making. And it's really, really Hollywood romantic. I would you say in a world of binaries, 
um, would you say um, now on the record is he gay or bisexual? No, in a world of <laughs> in a world of binaries, binaries, are you a more first half black and white person or a second half color person? Because right, it, which, which did I prefer? Yes, because it is almost the exact. I believe it is at the hour mark. Yeah, I mean. Each of them has their own, like, merits. You're not talking about anti-Semitism anymore. You don't have to be so on the fence. <laughs> no, I think I preferred the black and white. Just, yeah, just because, like, it's it's youthful, it's exciting, like, it's first. Yeah, love, there's, yeah, yeah. All that fun stuff. You're telling me you didn't, you, you didn't love the cancer drama? <laughs> um, um, well, this is the other thing. Like, I felt cheated. Because they made smoking look so cool for so long. And I was like, oh, yeah. I Like, I genuinely, I got to, like, the hour mark, and I was like, I, sh I should take that up. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? She and, and then she's smoking again the minute she gets the diagnosis. Is that a little, is it a little lighter I hear, darling? No, don't use a lighter. And um, rated out of 10. I think it's pretty good. It, it is pretty good. I was expecting a lot worse. Well, of course you were, because you you know you think of funny wait till you hear some, <laughs> some of these later um we've got one minute and 20 now before our first break and that's nowhere near enough time so i don't know why i'm bringing up this did you like star is born and can we recontextualize everybody loves star is born why is everybody being so negative why do we love to punch down on the on the on the golden child who made a really good movie i love the star is born yeah and really that was like my first big Bradley Cooper. If you don't dig deep inside your fucking soul. <laughs> oh, He's, he, oh. he really is giving us great voices to, to imitate. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you what he actually sounds like yeah. at this point. Again, um, talking, I'm sorry. Nobody Has anybody brought this up yet? Another film hugely surrounded about a nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you got your that's nose. her actual nose. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I actually, you should do an interview where it's like, I actually modeled my nose off of Stephanie. And it's like, oh no, Bradley, please. please. Oh, that's Bradley. not. In the sense that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's going to do your makeup now, Mr. Trump? <laughs> Mr. Cooper. Um, oh, that's not. Wonderful. We're going to take our first break. <laughs> and um, are you really being Stop hard back. and. Yeah. I are you being hard and. Felicia. Are you. Um. Oh, we're starting, um, we're starting again. Okay, let me get all my things in order. <laughs> you, you, um, okay, all right, let's do... Okay, we're going to talk to... <laughs> Go on, show off how good you are. <laughs> show off your Felicia. It's high. Well, you know, there's a, there's a fair bit of bouncing around that she does. Say the word work. 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 Your work, your work. work, and and there's there's one just like learning to do Margaret Thatcher. You have to say Thatcher, and you know, and, and, and Madam, darling, 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 darling. Um, no, no, no. This is what adults do. We're going to sit here. I miss that child of mine. And you've got to, um, and you know what it is for Lenny, and it's in um. A scene we're about to get to in a second about make your garden grow is that you're going to make the high notes sur. <laughs> the amount of vowels <laughs> in saw when he goes sur, and it's yeah. hilarious. Um, we move to color. Oh no, sorry. Uh, they have sex on the floor, and 
there's and, and he's talking about farting and he's like well, well there'd be some tonal pitch variations uh for sure and uh it's very funny and, it's, and she's like no stop it <laughs> stop it my gay lover of mine stop talking about farting and this is uh, the other thing that like i'm i'm not ashamed to say in addition to like wanting to take up smoking i i think i messaged you you did 40 minute mark and said where is my musically inclined bisexual man <laughs> to sweep me off my feet there are stereotypes in this world and and i don't want to take part in them but rian on one nightclub night where she was quite inebriated started hitting on for an extended amount of time what can be politely referred to as the gayest man that's ever lived <laughs> And um, he was so blatantly gay. It, it was... Oh, God. Listen, you don't grow up in theatre without having a type. <laughs> no, I've, I, I've been time and time again the recipient of, you know, that, that wonderful thing of, um, are they actually in love with you or are you just the only straight guy in the drama group? Um, you know, it happens. Um, where are we? Uh, sex on the floor. I understand that people do it, and and I have partaked myself. But in what world does sex begin on the bed, and then they end up on? And that is a hard wood floor, and they and then they pop their legs up. He says, doesn't he? Yeah, it's being on the on the flat surface with legs elevated helped more. So maybe he maybe he was stood, and then he felt a twinge, and then Mm. had to lie down. I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I don't think I don't think it traveled and then he popped his back. I just have a big problem with like there's one in up in the air as well where it's like oh my god they've had sex for 3 hours and now they're on the floor. I'm like and they do it in marathon man. They do it in a lot of movies. That is that is, that is a thing. I've seen a lot like that is a trope I've seen but I don't think this is an example of that. No, it's got arrhythmia or something. Yeah. <laughs> um we talked about the Matt, the wonderful Matt Bomer scene, and yeah, I do think if there was a couple more scenes with Matt Bomer, he, he could be a shoe in. And if anything, I, agree. I, I like is back. Yeah, I yeah. Have you watched Fellow Travelers? I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. No. Um. Then we get the interview uh, where we get little Stevie Sondheim, and uh, <laughs> it's delightful. Um. And this is a verbatim interview. This is uh, th- this is another thing they've talked about when with playing real people. And I guess it's the sort of I don't know Rami Malek or whatever. And I hate it. Did you like Bohemian Rhapsody? Please say no. Um, I think I enjoyed it at the time, but I've not thought about it since. Nothing has irked me more than his, you know, bisexual um, partner or whatever coming to see him in Hamburg. And there are like a few tinnies and like the smallest rail you've ever seen. And he's just like, you know, life life needs a little bit of anesthesia. And I'm like, are you are you kidding me? That is that is one of the ones actually I felt that that it did feel like dress up. Yeah, completely. It felt completely sanitized beyond belief. Because he's so such an such an iconic and such an imitatable character. Mm. It was difficult to make it anything else. Yeah. You know, I just, I just, <laughs> bless you. Um, <laughs> I've never done my ready for you before. <laughs> for my sin, no. Well, what can I say? I just love singing. <laughs> um, but, <gasps> oh, 
what if we do a fringe play and it's like famous people or whatever and it's all about biopics interesting like assassins but for <laughs> but it's right this is incredible <laughs> and i could be leonard bernstein and rami malek who else can i do um What, people that have had biopics made about them already. Can't really be Dodi Afayed, uh, not Dodi Afayed. What's his Idi Amin, the last king of Scotland. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about um, Diana's lover. I did, I did accidentally say Dodi Afayed instead of Idi Amin. <laughs> Brilliant. That could I be a, Diana. You could be, which one? Every scene you change. <laughs> it's like an uncanny valley, like... <laughs> One senior Emma Corrin, Emma Corrin Diana, then you Kristen Stewart Diana, and then there's a funny bit later where you step on a stool and you become Elizabeth Debicki Diana. Yeah. Are you tall? I'm trying to think if you're tall. Yes, I'm yes tall. you're a tall woman, yes. Um, Can't see at home. I'm actually 6'5". I'll say that in your eulogy. Calm down. I am. I am. You're not uh, He's six five. I'm six three and a half. I'd say six two and a half. We can measure. Okay. Not that it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> Interview with uh, those, yes, and then and then. Uh, oh, okay. This is when he bumps into David Oppenheim and his new wife in the park. And it's the wife from the uh, piano stool earlier who. Presumably he was sleeping with at that time. And then he's like, you know, you know something, you know, and he kisses David fully on the lips. And, and then he's like, you know, you know, I, I slept with both your mom and your dad. And, and you're like, okay. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> and, um, so is, I do, well, this is the thing. L Historically, you, you would describe him as a bisexual. However, every single one of his close friends said, no, he was gay. If he could be gay, he would have just been gay. So I, a difficult thing with I'm sure he enjoyed having... Yeah. Well, I don't want to say. I mean, he but... had three kids by, by Felicia. I think this is the difficult thing with trying to add labels and identify people from years gone by where, where attitudes were different it's like if they had the vocabulary for it would they necessarily you know use them and you know you can also have even today you have people that identify as one way and then they meet somebody who falls outside of that preference and then they don't feel the need to you know realign themselves with something it's like no I love this person but I've historically been this one thing. Mm. So I wouldn't use the word historically though if I was describing <laughs> historically I have been. Um no, of course, but, of yeah, course, I of think, course. I think the bottom line is Maestro, I think, shows a love that is very pure mm. between these two people. Whether it was like very you know, sexually passionate, romantically passionate in nature, like, you could tell they care so deeply for mm. each other, and then would go on to be each other's, like, person, you know? Well, this is the thing, we, we around this time we changed to colour. Mm. Yeah, you know, I just looked, it's not exact, it's not an even split. 
what is it? An hour. It's... When does it start? Because this uh, is on Netflix, so the final seven minutes is ad is um, credits. Uh, true. So it so it is about forty eight forty eight minutes. Okay, so it's about an hour ten and an hour and forty eight minutes. Fair enough. So this is where we change to color in. There's the same position, and but now she's from behind, um, and we're at this party, and we've skipped about twenty years, and we've skipped the whole. We don't see the scene of. I'll allow this. I'll I'll allow you to have your boys, and and the first mention we have is when she sat on on the windowsill with her two friends who are wonderful, and and she's just like you know and the and the cocky and the cocky cutter boys and um you know and, oh, my favorite and they're not my favorite and she's joking about it and everybody knows everybody knows and it's one of those and and you know circles of the time and that sort of thing and they've clearly made this sort of agreement uh, that I will allow it. And uh, and then obviously we he goes he said I'm going to take a massive dump and um, a big dump, a big dump and uh, and then he starts flirting with this Tommy guy and he takes him off to the balcony or whatever and brings him to the hallway. This is what confused me. Okay, I think about that time jump because it's just it's just kind of assumed that yes they've they've pre agreed all of this but then. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like a point of scandal when she sees him. Well, I think very clearly the agreement is just do it on your own time and keep it secret. Don't do it at the parties. Because she says you're getting sloppy. Yeah. To me, that just reads as... do. I mean, I've, Ferrari as well this year, wonderful Ferrari. And, mm -hmm. you know, another, you know... <clears throat> we decided you've got to be home before the coffee. And... um that was a really in a, in an in an hour in a podcast where I've done excellent imitations of both Leonard Bernstein and Felicia Montalegre. I really I had no grasp there on uh, Penelope Cruz as uh, as uh, Lisa Lardi. No, she's not Lisa Lardi. Lisa Lardi is the anyway. Ferrari was good. Well, uh, I'd say your Italian is on par with Adam Driver. <laughs> leave Adam alone. He is very good in Ferrari. <laughs> in an interview where someone said, "Why do you keep?" doing um italian characters and, and he said fuck off <laughs> he said it's been two just yeah. two it's been two and the fact that you think that my entire life is just italian people is absurd there's lots of italians in germany <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah what? wait a minute i've got it i've got it i've got it what does that have to do with Italy? <laughs> um, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's Italy. Italy. Yeah. Um, I-T-A-L-Y. Italy. Um, <laughs> right. And what's Bert's joke? Going to the Vatican. It all comes full circle. Am I paying for this joke? Am I paying? I love Italy and I love jokes, but am I paying for this joke? He has to know that I wanted to go to Italy for him. Um, uh, blowing out my mic, doing a driver, uh, just like uh, London blows out his back. Okay, uh, with with um, Tommy, his own back. I don't know our sex. I don't know what does that slang mean. I keep hearing it. Does the bottom blow out their back or the top blow out their back? So, so you blow someone else's back out. That sounds awful. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. In, in, in what world did we start saying these things? You know. I love the brief um, sex ed intermission of this episode. Yeah. Well, I okay. But but I'm trying to anyway. I understand. No, darling, when you're when you're doing <laughs> when you're in doggy style. <laughs> I remember. Oh, because it's like being in a plank, and so they're there for a while, and it hurts their back. I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> Missionary, that's it. <laughs> I can't say I've really sat with the phrase for longer than three seconds. That's fair enough. Um, I always remember. <laughs> I always remember. I watched an interview with Rock Hudson's wife, where she and they had a sort of similar agreement, it seems, and and she she said, well, one time he said to me, he said, um, you know, it's just different with with men, and uh, you know, it takes. It takes longer because it's not as easy. And I was like, you're on Larry King Live and you're talking about your husband telling you about the intricacies of anal intercourse. <laughs> anyway, um, where are we? To, where are we? Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I love I, I love him flirting with Tommy and then, you know, well, you just get this wonderful. F oh, oh, you're marvelous. Oh, oh, oh God, God, my, that face. Oh, my God. Let me it's go. a real like it's a real stomach drop moment because it's like you realize that he can replicate this chemistry with other people oh it's interesting like yeah it's not just like a, a sexual gratification need it's like oh suddenly i'm i'm witnessing this meat cute mm. and it's just as like fun it's just as like endearing yeah you know we are on schedule we were on schedule to finish this in two parts but we've completely glossed over a huge thing the on the town sequence from the first half which is yeah. one of those bravura you know look at me if you were cynical look at me i'm bradley cooper i'm gonna do this huge big you know not only am i gonna direct an excellent musical number but you know what i'm gonna be in it too I'm gonna and, I and think that, this, that is the only kind of quote-unquote indulgent Part of this big time and for me i don't know if it worked for me to be honest i don't maybe it was just the the point at which it appeared in the narrative but then i don't really know where else to No, for it. you for people like you who don't know leonard bernstein's work sorry for people like <laughs> you who don't know <laughs> leonard bernstein's work um that is the ideal time because you need to see what he did and what he's doing. Yeah. And and, and again, quite a little bit of a non and on the nose. Um, <laughs> um, I want a lot of things. And he leans forward and stares at the sexy man <laughs> doing <laughs> Jerome Robbins's sexy bum choreography. <laughs> you know, yeah. okay, a little on the nose. Um, pardon the pun. <laughs> oh. That wasn't on purpose, and I caught myself. <laughs> then we get the so now we're back to colour. And you're getting sloppy. You're getting sloppy. Mm -hmm. And then we get this interview with Josh Hamilton. Now, when this was... You haven't watched Succession or you have watched Succession? I haven't watched Succession. The wonderful Jeremy Strong is excellent. And as Kendall Roy gives one of the best performances on TV since John Hamm. And loved Kieran. Loved Kieran a lot, but Jeremy was right there. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um... Apparently he was given this role originally. And now Jeremy Strong is an infamous method actor. And I'm like, you were given, was this, is this, 
a draft of the script or a cut of the film where this scene is longer, where there is more with this interviewer in this period of time? Because no offense to Josh Hamilton, great actor, but like I don't see them offering Jeremy Strong this one scene role, which makes me think, was this part of the film originally at some point a little bit longer? I love the cut that we get, really good scene. Uh, Bradley's insane. See, this is the thing. Everybody keeps talking about... Marla and you know oh he's really sweating and look at him and he learned to conduct and that is incredible and I love the Marla scene like anybody I'm not stupid but for me the his best acting moments are this scene and more than anything um his scene with Maya Hawke later I think if if there was an oh, Oscar clip my god yeah incredible you want to talk about a bottom dropping out moment Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> talk about uh, a back glowing out moment. <laughs> new. I'm always adding things to the show. We could make it a new thing. Best single minute. Best. Best. best back blown out. Are you always adding things to the show? Yes, but I'm not changing anything previously. I got rid of Oscar favorites. Sorry, Oscar. Um, what did I call it? Travesty. Um, I got rid of Oscar Travesty because we were doing the same years over and over again. Um, and I added Best Specific Halloween Costume. Mm. I added Soundtrack Corner, or did I? I can't remember. Um, and then we get this interview and he's very subtle and he's like, well, no, actually, when you add it all up, it's not much of anything. And he's talking, and and I don't want to throw an entire industry under the under the bus. But the idea of being the next great American conductor. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it. What, uh, no, I don't know. Because they do incredible it's things. The they do incredible things. But like, you know. Well, it took six years. For I know, apparently. I didn't really. Yeah. Clearly, there's a lot to the craft. Yeah. And I, I love tar. And I loved tar. <laughs> Lord knows I love tar. Well, it's one of those things, it's like it's like being a director, I suppose. Like you have to know how to do the thing that you are instructing as well. So you have to be a great yeah. musician first. And then But you know, it it leads very well into what he's talking about. Like, you know, I, I uh, when you add it all up, it's not very much. Because West Side Story will live forever. Whereas you know, although he did all this incredible work, you know, on the TV, doing the young people's concerts and bringing classical music to a wider audience, um, you would never describe some, you would never like, you know, you would never talk about a legacy of the time he conducted blank. Mm. Whereas West Side Story will live forever um, and, and all that sort of thing. Even the, even the quote unquote best moment in this film is him conducting... Marla, not his own music. Um, so, oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where are we? Make Your Garden So then we get the rehearsal of Make Your Garden Grow. And then we get, and then again, we get, oh, this is nice. They're talking about her. Well, well, it was, I came up with this Chilean phrase that, I, you know, I'd thought about for years. And I just brought it up. I just brought it up. She takes everything up. And and it, you think it's a lovely moment. And then, <laughs> Love West Side Story. The only reference to West Side Story is the two minutes. Yeah, two minutes of the prologue, whilst yeah. whilst his gay lover is sort of being not villainized, but like 
watch out for this guy. Like, who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's my change. I would have liked more uh, West Side Story motifs. If it could be done well, I can't imagine how an interesting play or film or something can't be made of the creative process of West Side Story. Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim, Jerome Robbins, and um, Harold Prince is in there, Arthur Lorenz. Above all else, all the fabulous gays of the 1950s in one room, you know. Um, I just ordered Arthur Lorenz's. I could be everyone. I was thinking the same thing. Um, Who would you cast me as? You don't know who Arthur Lorenz is, but it would be Arthur Lorenz. I need to look him up. He's very good. He's very funny and dry. Um, uh, That's another thing, though, that Maestro looms so incredibly large. Well, does it in five years? Are people going to talk about Maestro? I know that sounds horrible, but. I don't think they are. And I think that that is a bad thing. Well, anyway. Yeah, I think... I I, I do fear, again, like that we're becoming oversaturated with biopics. And this is from someone who loves a biopic. Mm. And this is from someone who doesn't. Um, (laughs) Well, I also think this is the double-edged sword with Netflix. Like, Netflix, for all of its sins, are giving money... And producing incredible auteur epics. Say what you want about The Irishman. The Irishman was incredible. Uh, Scorsese's wanted to make that for years. He finally made it with Netflix. This movie, Power of the Dog, uh, which I didn't really rate. But, I mean, Our Beloved Marriage Story. Mank. You know, these are huge, huge movies. Roma. Um, May, December in America is Netflix bought. And like... Uh, well, anyway, and yeah, get the biggest, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, like things that are based on a true story, like I'll eat them up for nine times out of ten. But yeah, I think we're approaching saturation, kind of a yeah, oversaturation. Things I like think that. it's actually worked against Maestro, and I talked about this in my review of like Ghostbusters Afterlife is by no means the worst of the sort of um, bring back the original cast, here's a load of new people, things are from the original, but we're launching a whole new thing. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably one of the better ones. But it came at the absolute crest where every, where there was one of these every fucking week. Yeah. And and I was, I, like, I was just done with it. It, it it's, just... It just like slips through the radar a little bit but this but this isn't that is it because like i say we've got bob marley and amy winehouse within months yeah but then it's like you said like in terms of the legacy like how long will people be talking about it after this oscar season people love bohemian rhapsody just because we have taste (laughs) and understand that it's one of the worst films ever like one of the worst commercial movies ever made. Wow. Oh, I, I, I think it's. What did you think of Rocket Man? Loved Rocket Man. Put those two against each other quite a lot, and I always put it down to, I mean, obviously you had Elton John, his input on Rocket Man, and it was a lot more kind of like sensational, but not in a way that detracted from like the truth of it. Yeah, I don't think it's the fact that Elton was involved. I think it's the fact that it was a you know, an actually w- well-made, interesting film. 
and the concept of doing it as a musical. And yeah, no, it was an interesting film. I can't, I just can't watch any more. Yeah. This is good, you know. <laughs> I, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. And and yeah. and it, and it has Rocket Man has one of those moments when he's penning your song. Um but apart from that, you'll never make it in this industry. What kind of name is Queen anyway? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it just just can't do it. Just cannot do it anymore. <laughs> and and also Wonka was fine. Can we please Stop starting songs with <laughs> like a little stomp number. Like you know, ooh, bump and dump, and, 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 and you know, shake the martini, <laughs> and, and it's like tick tick, here. yeah, tick tick, boom, had one. La 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 la. This is the life. Slap on the walls. This is the life. And I was like, please stop. Well, that was different because the, it started with singing and then they added to it it wasn't like doesn't matter there's music all around in the city and i'm gonna find it because i have a trained ear did, 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 did. what's the what was the annoying one how does in the heights begin same thing doesn't it and yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll accept it but in the heights well exactly we accept what we like yeah. I sound like I sound like I sound like felicia we accept what we like in this life and you know i made my bed and then lived it um we're we're unfortunately going to go for three parts, Reed. So let's speed speed up, and then it only has to be short. Um, the biggest bag of kibble. Um, uh, very funny. Uh, we've got. <laughs> let's talk about this. I'll just touch on this briefly. Jamie Bernstein being like, "This is a great. I'm I'm so happy with this film." <laughs> they have a full scene where she's just like, "Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm relieved." <laughs> and I mean, yeah. obviously, over the years, Jamie's character is like an asshole. Over the years, she's she's you know she wrote an, a whole book, and I'm sure she has come to terms. And and it was a different time and that sort of thing. No, I know. But, I, yeah. I say that. I say that in in jest mostly. Mm. Um, but I just like that scene was just so gut wrenching. Of like, oh, I think, like him beginning the conversation of like jealousy. I'm talking to you about this is because your mother doesn't want me to. But then realizing, oh, like. I actually couldn't talk yeah. to you about this, even if I wanted to, or even if I could. Don't you dare tell her the truth. And and again, these rules that they said, and that well, it was my decision. It was our decision. It was our our decision. And yeah, and then and then that incredible moment of no, darling. And then I'm relieved. And the look on his face, and the multitudes of emotions that cross it, make as much fucking fun of him learning how to conduct as you want but that's the moment of the film and that is the oscar clip for me Absolutely. and Couldn't agree more. and make you know have your fun ha 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 he ha 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 leave him alone <laughs> leave bradley <laughs> alone um, no, we, like i say we've established that it isn't that it isn't him going overboard purely for a role or even if it was it's like no it is that it is that rian it is that rian because people but rian it is that because people on twitter and people everywhere are like you know the minute killian murphy said oh yeah i got the the script six weeks before and i'm like oh the minute i heard that i was like he's done 
Bradley's lost. There's a lot of pitting actors against each other, and like the efforts that some go through, and then the ones that make it look effortless. Elvis is a big one, with Austin Butler (laughs) still having the accent. Oh my god! Yeah, being like, I just watched Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) Yeah, I. I... (laughs) And his being perceived as better. I'm not going to be that guy. Did they both dated Kaya Gerber, didn't they? So he he's well, Austin Butler's still with her. So I don't think he just watched Lilo and Stitch, but <laughs> I think he could have maybe said that as a dig. Tom's gossip corner. We can do. We can, yes, that Austin Butler and Ka- stop googling. I'm not. I'm telling the truth. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then we get the again. Even the big quote unquote Oscar scenes that you could have are so bizarrely done. Like the shot, the conversation where they're talking about Tommy and that, well, I invited him because Jamie loves him. Well, don't be, don't be naive to that. You know, you you like him too, and he's here for you. And you know, well, he is. No, you could ignore that. And and it's shot from like the back of the garden. It inch just good, interesting choices that make it filmically interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then, oh, we've got four minutes and I don't want to start talking about the big argument yet. So we're going to just touch on this. Um, He's composing the end of Candide and then he's like, I finished. And what, and... (laughs) I finished. (laughs) And and then everybody cheers, which is understandable. But then Felicia just dives into the pool. It was one of those ones, like... Surely that must have happened. Yeah, stranger than fiction. It feel yeah, it feels too random to have otherwise. You know. Yeah. It yeah. I think like it's well done in the sense that it just feels like it feels like she's kind of a guest in her own home. Yeah. So that whole like ten minute stretch of like oh and the boyfriend's here. And I can hear this music everywhere and I can't. It feels it, it there's a wonderful bit in the movie Passages, which is very which is very good. I don't think it's as is is it's Passages. very good. Passages and it's the love bisexual love triangle with Ben Wishaw. Oh yes. It's very good. And there's a bit early on where the, the lead guy's a, a director and he's really depressed. Uh, and they've, and and Ben Wishaw just says, and he's very he's he's so tired, and he's just like you get like this after you finish every film. You just forget, and that's okay. And it feels like that is a release of maybe when he is in the turmoil, the creative turmoil, um, and she's just happy to have a, a husband back. Well, if she ever did, or whatever. Um, we've got two minutes and 42 before our second and final break. Let's talk Oscars. Do you think it's it's done for Bradley? Killian gets it. And do you think, um, I think Best Actress, I don't, I think Carrie's num- like number three. I think it's either going to go Emma Stone or Lily Gladstone, and it should go Lily Gladstone. Well, yeah, this is me pre watching both of them. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Carrie was incredible. Like, I just don't understand. I come back to the same thing. I don't understand all of the talk about this being Oscar bait and like you know typical 
a, a typical Oscar performance, you know. I, I I think I think they do well, like you were saying with the cinematography. I think they've they've made a conscious effort to move, move away from like cliche. Mm. Where, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it's we've seen versions of this story a lot. It's like yes. Secrecy, family dysfunction, strained marriage, like incredible public persona versus really, you know, difficult private persona. Like, you know, you're peeking behind the curtain. So those those tropes are very Oscar bait, but like you say, they 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 try and like vary the shots and things like that, and the the quality of the dialogue as well, like the overlapping, so that you feel like it is different and you feel like you are kind of voyeuristically like looking if, from afar. If this was Oscar bait and this was like, if this was what all of these biopics and all of these true stories and all of these sort of Oscar baiting movies were, Oscar bait wouldn't have a bad name. People talk about Philadelphia a lot as like an Oscar bait movie. People haven't rewatched Philadelphia in years and it's not at all. It is so experimental in the middle and it is so weird. And Denzel is not really given, you know, the arc of like, I hate gay people. Oh, I love gay people. The only thing, I'm ruining Philadelphia, but the single moment of him just putting the mask back, back on Tom at the end is you don't need a big monologue where he's like to his wife and like, I understand now. They're just like different kind of sex. I get it. You know, is is and and Tom Hanks also is like disappears from the movie for the last thirty minutes. It, it, you know, it, it, it's it's not Oscar. If Oscar Bate was like this, um, I got cut off and I was talking about Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia is wonderful. That's it, really. Um, we've kind of already touched on all of my sort of fine, you know, final thoughts things. You know, is there an Oscar chance? Um, poor, poor Bradley Cooper, and and other things. So we can just plow through to the end of the film. Um, we get. I mean, I immediately message you saying we've got another marriage story scene. Um, well, but before that, we get the Candide premiere. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> premiere. Um, where he's holding the hand of Tommy, and I'm like, oh come on, Lenny, just just yeah, a little bit of tact. Don't take the piss. Yeah. You're getting, well, you're getting sloppy. You're getting sloppy. 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 Anyway. Um, <laughs> and so uh, Felicia immediately leaves the premiere and puts his pillow and a toothbrush outside. And they're, and it's all monogrammed LB. Um, it's wonderful stuff. And then... Who it was for. Um... Do you want to, have you ever monogrammed anything? Um, no, I've had things gifted to me, like with my name on. Okay. I don't know. I feel R H is a good, good initial. I think. Yeah, it's nice. R J H. Um, and then we get you know who left Snoopy in the vestibule? Who abandoned Snoopy? It's his day, and. Uh, it's very funny and very dark and very sad. And uh, Julia, thank you, thank you, Julia, uh, gives him a carton of milk and he's obviously leathered and he's come late to Thanksgiving. And then, you know, Felicia's in the other room and then we get the fi this fixed 
short argument uh, that ends with the Dartley sardonic, Dartley comic button of Snoopy floating by, and and is you know the big argument scene, the big quote unquote revelation yeah. or whatever, I the think big culmination. Earlier by saying that it isn't you know that marriage story thing is it's it's not as excessive. It's not as like it doesn't feel as big a blowout. You know, so and, and like we said, I think <laughs> no. <laughs> like we said, I don't think that would be the Oscar moment mm. in favor of the incredible subtle moments. Also, there's lots of swearing. This is a big. Th People talk about Oscar clips. Yeah. Everybody forgets about swearing. <laughs> like yeah, so it's true. it's the first time I believe we hear Felicia swear, and she is like saying fucking all the time she's like you're, oh, you're, it, it sends you're, a you're, you're fucking cruel you're, you're fucking hating your heart and um it's very very darkly funny i guess you'd say I, I i i you know there are a couple of lines in here that are very very funny when they talk when he knocks into the table and he goes jesus christ i find that very funny when he grabs the whiskey to pour with his milk very funny uh, when they're talking about richard hart he loved me he was a fucking Corpse, and I'm the fool who stood outside the hospital. Very, very funny. Fucking Richard Hart. Take off your glasses. You're hating your heart. And and then all culminating in, if you're not careful, you're going to die a lonely old queen. And then we get this, Dad, Mom, Snoopy's, <laughs> Snoopy's coming by the window. Snoopy, Snoopy. And then he just... Floats by and his head's low. And then they are separated. And we get what I'll call his gay sailor period, um, where he's dressed like Smee. And he does this big speech where he's like, you know, for the rest of my life, um, you know, uh, as we we have to be, you know, have to live in our moral, whatever he says. And he's like, as more and more people are doing nowadays. And it's sort of referencing, you know, lots of more people are openly gay, you know, everybody's having a good time, you know, yeah. and uh, pass the coke around. And, you know, I'll just hold it. It's, I'll just, I'll just hold it. It's fine. I'll just serve everybody. I think, I think what's like so compelling is like, this is either going to sound very profound or like, duh, but like, <laughs> how, like I, I really enjoy biopics of people's lives kind of following periods of like you know cultural rise and fall and like tumultuous kind of politics and things and how yeah but when it's done like this when it's done like this because on the other end you get elvis being like oh my god martin luther king's dead i've got to <laughs> sing a song you're a fucking yeah. dream you know and i'm sure he was inspired you know in the composition of if i can dream but it, yeah but, it felt like such a throwaway <laughs> But it didn't really do it justice. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the biggest, the biggest of all in Maestro is by the time we reach the eighties, and he's become a huge pop figure, and I think it's actually a really effective ending, which we'll get to later. Um, and just like you know, everybody's well, no, I I know that there's immense oppression across the world, but for the most part, the eighties. Well, I mean, we're pre is it is shout pre AIDS. Eighty. Before we get another layer of oppression, you know, ebbs and ebbs and waves. And okay. um, in real life, I believe Tommy died of AIDS and Bernstein did a lot of um, charity work. Um, 
or at least one of his lovers died. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, just say that flippantly. Uh, but uh, obviously, he was in that circle, and uh, lots of people did die. Um, and then we get. Oh, sorry. Then we get the facade recording, which sounds like the worst song of all time. Beelzebub stood on the desk. And I was like, what? I'm sorry, what is this? This is supposed to be us showing, oh, Felicia's getting back into acting. And I'm like, maybe don't. Um. <laughs> it, did feel, it did feel a little bit random. I think what surprised me in terms of the pacing was obviously they have this whole blowout thing and then mm. they separate. And then we've got like what like 40 minutes left mm. and i realized obviously because that is the trajectory of their life and they had to spend a lot more time mm. you know once she falls ill and things like that um but it, was, get... it was a surprise i was yeah. expecting this to be like the whoa big thing and then it, it's all it's all the fallout from from that well you get it's just it <laughs> i showed somebody terms of endearment the other day and by the other day, I do mean four, four to five months ago. And they were talking about the, just the matter of factness of it. And obviously, they're both cancer dramas, but like that, you know, the matter of factness of how everything goes. And I think that that's this film's biggest strength. Thank God there is no 1958. I don't, I know that it's the 70s now. I know that it's the 80s. And I hate, and yeah. Wisconsin, New York, 1958. I was like, yeah, I can get it. And I know where Carnegie Hall is um, and and all of that. You know, I've never been to this side of town and there is none of that. And that's another thing, avoiding the tropes and all that sort of thing. And and then we get this. Oh, sorry. Then we get the dinner scene that we've already alluded to. And, you know, is, you know, I, I miss him, that child of mine. Any questions? Any questions doesn't work for me, and it doesn't work for me here, and it doesn't work for me later. And I know it's Candide. I know it's Candide. It's giving um, David S. Dave's pumpkins. I literally. <laughs> Let me read you this. Let me read you this from a review. This is my review. Spoiler P.S. I loved Maestro, but I cannot lie, and I won't lie, that the final line of the film took me out of it. Not because of Cooper, not because of anything that Maestro did, but instead because of the absolute pop culture osmosis of David S. Pumpkins. Has a sketch <laughs> in recent memory ever subsumed a common phrase to be its only relation in this longer time? And yes, I know it's a reference. About it and it's like, I didn't get it. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. And he went, what, went back and did another two times? Yeah, not funny the second time. Um, not funny at all. And then we get this Marla's resurrection scene. And people keep saying Marla's resurrection. And I and I was like, is there going to be a ghost? Um, and there's this huge, huge thing. And it's this incredible composition. But it's just an, it's an, it's an incredible performance of, of, of mimicry, in this case, of the exact... Um, thing people keep talking that this is the best scene in the film and marla's music is incredible but this kind of smells to me of like people who've never heard classical music before and are like oh wow classical music's great and they've been forced to watch it and listen yeah. to it for five minutes and they're like oh classical music is really good work, yeah. <laughs> um and then she's there and then and then he's crying and darling darling why did you come I didn't think you'd, and it went, and it's, you've got love, you've no more hate in your heart, you've no more hate, and it's beautiful, and it's touching, and they finally come to this realisation of love, 
and half and well, whatever, some sort of contentment. And then we get cancer, you know. And again, incredibly matter of fact. And he the doctor just sits down, rolls his chair over. You've got a tumor under your left breast, and we're going to, and it, and it's just incredibly matter of fact. And 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 Leonard's putting on the brave face as he does for the rest of the film, and he's like, "You you could have all of the cancer at the same. You do it in the one." And they're talking about the the operation, and it's slowly going on, Carrie, and then she breaks. And yeah. I mean, it's just incredibly, incredibly affecting. It's it's one of those things like when people talk about trauma, like things not hitting you right away, and like not. Like, and and just going through the motions of it, oh, yeah. like you said, the matter of factness, and then it kind of just like consumes you all at once. Yeah. Like that that scene to me is such a like a masterclass mm. in in bad news. <laughs> and it could, again, it could have been so much more melodramatic. Oh, absolutely, and I think that's the pitfall that people, you know, fall into mm. so much is like everyone's going to be looking at me and my reaction so i need to make sure that it's big but that is a perfect example of like as the character she doesn't want to go she's th it's, the cogs are turning she's thinking about it but she's trying so hard to concentrate on what the doctor is saying and like looking at uh lenny for comfort yeah. and and it's, it's such a generous performance one need only directly point to the abysmal bohemian rhapsody <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> when he's walking through the hospital and the AIDS patient goes, Deo! And he's like, Deo. I, I laughed in the cinema. I shouldn't be laughing at an AIDS scene. <laughs> and then laughing. and then later when he's like, you know, I'm going to do it on my terms. I do have AIDS. Now, I do believe... No, he says, I've got AIDS, darling. And I'm just like, <laughs> that feels... It just did feel like... And also, I don't want to be... I might... I could be wrong. But I don't think, I think somebody myth-busted this. I don't think he was actually diagnosed before Band-Aid. But I could be completely wrong on that. And I don't, but I, I don't think he was. Anyway, um, so it's just that typical conflation. You were right about Tommy, by the way. He did, yeah, he did, I think. Yeah, very sad. Um, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then the film just, and then again, we don't get just these time jumps that just knock the wind out of you. We get the diagnosis, they're sat in the park and then they're doing the, you know, um, thinking of a number and then straight cut to she's there, she's got no hair, she's got the uh, head bandage and um, she's coughing the, and these the, that incredible little touch, the, the the little folding of the of the toilet paper. And it's just incredibly well done. And again, there's no there's no huge goodbye scene or anything, no screaming and no, cr well, there's lots of crying, but no, like, no big emotionality. Um the biggest moment is when is when they leave. Cynthia and Medi, I think is I don't know the, the who they are, uh, the friends. And she's like, "No more people. I don't want any more visitors." And and because it's a it, it's going to be a lot easier for her to never see these people again than have to say goodbye, knowing it's you know, good the, the ultimate goodbye. Or even just like, you know, she, that that lingering shot of her like coughing and then trying to you know like. Mm keep them talking it's like don't acknowledge my condition she makes a joke is there anything we can do for you never get another perm and you know in in, yeah, in that and yeah it's, 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 it's that thing of like you can't move past it at this point and so hmm. i can't have people see me 
like this. I think it's as somebody who, at least the character, was so image driven mm. and so intent on like keeping up appearances for as long as you know she was in the limelight and with with Leonard. Like it that that to me is like the most heartbreaking thing of like I just don't want people to see me like this. Mm. And and uh, what do you call it? Um... Oh, what was I? What was I going to say? Um, uh, same thing with same thing with Leonard. We never the one moment we get of him coming to terms with what's happening is him screaming into a pillow in private because he has to do the whole. I'm doing the wedding march and I'm doing. I'm, oh, where's the patient? Where's the patient? Hello, nurse, and he's doing the doctor thing, just to keep the joyness and keep the happiness yeah. and you know. The born entertainer. Yeah, and and now it's being used in the in the saddest way. And then again, very similar to terms. I'm ruining terms of endearment for you, sorry. But like in life, you know, you don't always get the big goodbye scene, and sometimes they just die. And uh, we don't see it here, or maybe we do see it. I, I, I can't, I maybe that was a moment or not. But then we just cut straight to the window from afar, uh, the younger girl running out into the way, and he comes and catches her, and Jamie follows, and and, we, and he's just. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, it's touching, it's very well done and very affecting. And then we get this ending where he is now in the 80s and they're blasting. He's sort of completely come to terms with his pop culture acknowledgement and who he is as a figure in the world. And he's got the license plate maestro and he's blasting R.E.M.'s uh, End of the World as we know it, in including the line, Lionel Bernstein. And he's just fully in on it and he's devoted his life now to teaching um and we get this very humorous scene where he's helping this guy you know what i think you wanted to do is uh, now that i know that you're retarding into the legato uh, you wanted to do something and uh, and um it's very nice and then suddenly is you talk about sweat um he's in a gay bar or something um shouts tears for fears is blasting and he's just free and has and is and is happy and is in his life. And and then we get and then we get this bookend of, you know, and summer still sings to me a lot less than it does. And then we get any questions again. Uh, David S. Pumpkins. Um do you think this final ten minutes works for you? It's it's I mean it's bittersweet, like mm. it really drives home that like dual state of like wanting to be the devoted father and the devoted mm. husband and you know and then living his lifestyle without compromise or um, judgment yeah I think the bookend thing of like oh yes I'm talking to somebody about my life like and only having it come back at the end like we've seen that a lot yeah. Recently. Saltburn is an example of one where it doesn't really land. Doesn't land at all. I don't think I think it, it, it works here because he's not I never got the impression that he is talking about his whole life. Well, well what would he be talking about if not Music. Music. Put put everything down. Yeah, I, I no, I think you're right. I guess I guess it yeah, comes off yeah. that no, I guess it comes off that way. Yeah hear from him is you know he's talking about felicia but mm -hmm. i suppose 
I'm I'm not I don't take issue with oh he sat there for two hours talking about his life because you know if he was to be interviewed for I, I, if it was that kind of meta thing of he's being interviewed for this movie or for like a biography or whatever mm-hmm. you would sit with someone for that long you well you could like this is what I'm talking about the Jeremy Strong thing is there a is there a more conventional version of this film where um Jeremy Strong is the interviewer and we is 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 in it throughout more. But then did you ever watch you haven't watched Chaplin, have you? No. Chaplin was originally shot and then they added, I believe they added, a whole a whole sort of bookend and through narrative with elderly Chaplin talking with his biographer Anthony Hopkins. And and it's and it is and it's more obvious in the narrative in the narration. Um, Chaplin's a movie I enjoy, even though it's not not particularly excellent. I have to admit, um, but it does have that quality of oh, and then I did this, and then I did that, and da, 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 da. and you get that Anthony Hopkins figure. Even Jackie, I love Jackie, and that has but that movie is about and that has the Lee uh, what's he called Billy Crudup character of like. I'm talking another fun voice to do. I'm talking to you about, about my life. But that's all about what she will tell this interviewer and what she won't tell this interviewer yeah. and how she wants to um, present herself and how she wants Jack Jack to be presented. Um, does it annoy you the way that um, people in America sometimes call John's Jack? It annoys me. Yeah, it is kind of weird. <laughs> Do you have Jack any... is like Jack is like the catch-all nickname for like like any name though any long name. Bernard. <laughs> well, no, like so. There's like um an astronaut. Har- I think it's Harrison Schmidt, and they call him Jack Schmidt. And it's like, well, how how did you get from there to there? Since when did you start knowing about astronauts? Uh, since I started working at. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Space show. I oh, could be so wrong. But no one's going to correct me. So no one's going to. Yeah. What if that's one of the? Well, it's not one of the first comments. We've heard comments, uh, but like you know, actually, <laughs> loves it. very interesting about Maestro. But actually, it's um, Alan Schmidt. <laughs> um, any final thoughts? I mean, we've already touched on sort of the final thought topics, and that's how I opened this third part. But any final thoughts on Maestro? Ooh. Is is Maestro a film that you all return to? I think because Star is Born was what, 2017? And has had, I feel, a lasting legacy and will continue to. And I actually think yeah. its legacy is um, I mean, obviously it's got a famous song. Um, it's got a famous song, it's got two huge stars, and it's especially Lady Gaga. I think, to be honest, people don't talk about how good a star of a star a star of born. A Star is Born actually is. I think it's one of those films like you you can really make an event of. And like I have gone back to watch it since. Mm. I've seen it at like outdoor cinema screenings. And like, you know, it's one of those ones where like it's joined the lineup of things like Grease and E.T. and things like. Which is weird because the final 40, 50, the final hour. It's a, it's a slog. Like it's it's quite harrowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're there with like your cocktails on a roof somewhere yes, in the shallow, shallow, low, and then it's fucking ugly. It's fucking ugly. 
What did you just say? And get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Okay. Best yeah, best so supporting like, performance in a Star is Born. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Ladies and gentlemen, Ellie. Um <laughs> I completely forgot that was him. Anyway, it's it's in that lineup of like, you know, the greats that you you know that you come back and watch for the for the you know, the theatrics. Well we go back to sorry, sorry, we go back to how this the project started which was that spielberg was possibly directing it uh and they were looking for bradley to star again you could do the whole argument of is this film in any way near as controversial as it is if spielberg a jewish man does direct it even if it's the exact same film and bradley cooper is still in it the fact that spielberg could have directed it had that input. i think it just well he did produce it and he showed sorry um bradley cooper showed him an early cut of star is born and halfway through during the shallow sequence uh spielberg came up to him and said you're directing this movie wow pretty good yeah i'm outspoken i do think maestro is very very good and i and i don't i don't personally understand a lot of the hate around it and i think it's it, in the words of morrissey Get him out! No, in the words of Morrissey, um, it's so easy to laugh. Oh, no, what's the line? It's so easy to laugh, it's so easy to hate, it's so strength to be gentle and kind. And it's easy... Morrissey says that. Yeah, the irony. Um, but, like, it's easy to, like, ha, 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 you spent six years learning how to conduct. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, me and, me and a guest, uh, named David... Uh, it talks about it on the Phantom Thread podcast, where like Leslie Manville had three weeks, uh, and Daniel Day Lewis spent three years, and he learned how to sew and everything. And both of those performances are excellent. And I don't think it adds weight to either of them. I am completely against Jared Leto sending dead rats and condoms, but if you want to learn how to sew, sure. And just like if I played a pianist, I would want to learn the piano. I don't know if I was. Yeah, it's just, I think the difference is just whether it pays off visually. And I think it really has. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's not a quantifiable thing that you can't really say like, oh, you probably could have done that for two years and had the same effect on people. But it's, I think it's just one of those things where like, I can accept it with a movie like this and with an actor like Bradley because it feels so much more like a labor of love. Hmm. And like just him wanting to do right by the original person. Well, let's end here. What's next for director Bradley Cooper? Ooh, because I don't think he can do another music-based movie about a failing marriage. <laughs> I don't know. It, not. <sighs> I don't know what's been circulated. I don't know if anything has been. I know he's going to be in a movie called The Best of Enemies, which doesn't make any sense because there's been five different movies. Well, it does make sense, but like every, there's been at least three different movies called The Best of Enemies. And obviously he's doing Groot or whatever. Groot. No, he's not Groot. Sorry, he's the Rocket Raccoon. Um, Nightmare Alley was excellent. Love Nightmare. I forgot how much I loved Nightmare Alley. And um, obviously it was incredible in Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Um, love Bradley. 
in the new Joker? No, he's producing the new Joker. Producing the new Joker. Well, yeah, it's it's Todd Phillips. So he, um, uh, director of Hangovers, and they're very good friends. And uh, yeah, um, I I'm all in whatever he does, whatever he does. This like That's this. This, for me, has proven Star is Born wasn't a one-off. And I know that for many people, it proved the opposite. But I just can't get on that bandwagon for the reasons I've spent an hour and 40 minutes talking about. Um, we are now going to stop the recording and decide for ourselves what the next episode we do is. So we can't um, link, link anything or whatever. Watch this space. Watch this space. Maestro, ladies and um have you done a ranking of the year? Or are you is that too No, I mean, anal? what I'll do is I'll I'll get through the litany of uh of Oscar. Great year. I have to say this has been a very good year for you to become an Oscar Queen because yeah. excellent year. Really good year. Like, la what was last year was, uh everything everywhere was, you know, interesting, I guess. But it feels like people, it feels like more people are on this bandwagon. Like, it's not just me that's now taking an interest. Like, it feels like this is the year everyone is like, like, the nominations feel a little bit more palatable to, like, big audiences. Like, people seem Well, Oppenheimer was one of the biggest films of the year. <laughs> Like, and and like, and with the re-releases it's doing now, it's going to cross a billion. And yeah, uh, yeah I name a film, and also not I'm not one of these is completely palatable. Like every, I know we live in a Twitter world, but every single one of these movies has been incredibly controversial in their own fields. Oppenheimer was controversial. It should have shown footage of Hiroshima. No, it shouldn't have. Anyway, the, oh, anyway that's for the Oppenheimer pod. But, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon. I uh, should have been direct. Martin Scorsese shouldn't have directed it. Uh, and I this... Palatable's the wrong word, but just, like, interesting to a lot of different demographics. And maybe, maybe it is the arguments that have, you know, inadvertently drummed up a lot more... Mm. To be frank, I think we've just had a lot of very, very, very good movies. And also, this was the year that comedy came back. No Hard Feelings, Bottoms, Theatre Camp, uh, You Hurt My Feelings, and, you know, Barbie. Uh, and, <laughs> um, you know. Barbie was there. <laughs> um, I'll say this on the pod, nobody knows who Steve is. The wonderful Steve, we emailed the other day about movies, and he loved No Hard Feelings. So... You know, and he talk about it. <laughs> and his. Did you not like No Hard Feelings? I I liked it, but then Rian. there were elements of it that. Oh, I can't, oh, you're gonna be like, oh, he's oh, he's sixteen. It felt it felt very grown ups in its in its humor. Like it felt like that kind of era. Like if it came out in like 2009, I would have been like, yeah, I would have batted an eyelid. I was like, isn't that the now? isn't that the best part? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, we're in a renaissance. Well, there we go. So that knocks off no hard feelings of the movies that we need to do. Um, I don't want to do an hour of if you don't like it. I don't, it's not that I didn't like it. I mean, I love Jennifer Lawrence. And what a know. fit! What an incredible! I think she might be in my five um, Thomas Carruthers Awards nominees. Honestly, Jennifer Lawrence could have made her acting comeback in Paint Drying. And I would have been like, yep, she's back. 
I don't want I don't want to be film snob Tom and be annoying. But did you watch Mother? Did you watch Joy? Did you watch American Hustle? Um, I tried to watch Mother and <laughs> So you can't re I'm sorry. You you would well, watch I mean... her in paint drying and yet you won't watch an actual good film she was in. <laughs> so <laughs> No, I just mean obviously she took quite a long hiatus to yeah. have a child and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then now she's kind of back on the thing because she wasn't originally going to be in No Hard Feelings. She was just going to produce yeah. it. Who was it going to be? But I didn't know. Oh, okay. Um, I could see Rose Byrne. Really um, so I'm glad she's back. Whatever form that takes. Yeah, she should be the new. I don't know. Uh, just please don't get back in with David Russell. I don't want to watch any more Joys. I don't. American Rus American Russell is mid, and sorry, <laughs> there's mid again. And uh, yes. Anyway, we're going to decide our next episode. That was my. That was Maestro. And um, any any questions? Any questions? Any questions? <laughs> any questions? <laughs>